This is the Umbrella Academy on TV Podcast Industries. We're back with Umbrella Academy Season 3, Episode 6, Marigold. Things are getting really bad out there. There's not much time until everything falls apart. Okay, so what's the plan? Harlan helps me figure out how to take his powers back. And if that doesn't work? Okay, look, Victor. I got your back, okay? But there's a limit. The others are right. We have to face this cuckoo blitz. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, well, you have till tonight. Otherwise, I swear to God, I'm gonna rumor your ass to come back with me, okay? Yes, yeah. Siblings swear. I'm serious. Don't mess with me, Tiny. Welcome back, fellow Academy alumni, for our sixth episode discussion of Season 3 of Umbrella Academy Marigold. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Brollies. I am one of your other hosts, John. And I am Chris, pulling on my yellow marigolds. Nice, nice. Nicely dressed, Chris, for our audio podcast. Yeah, exactly. No one can tell whether I actually have a pair of washing up, yellow washing up gloves on or not. I like it. I like it. Another episode of Umbrella Academy and another uh, filling in of another backstory uh, we have here uh, kicking off. We're going to talk about this episode in spoiler-filled detail, as always, so make sure you've watched episode six of season three of Umbrella Academy um, before continuing with the podcast. Uh, If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can also subscribe to us by going over to tvpodcastindustries.com, where you get access to all of the shows that we're covering, all 51 of the shows I think we've covered uh, so far over there. Yes. Yeah, lots and lots. And we have just started our coverage of the Sandman on Netflix as well. So you'll get our, our coverage of that as well. Hopefully you'll join us for that. Uh, you can also join us on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries to share your thoughts about any of the episodes that uh, we're covering. Yes, we have sand everywhere, but it's okay because we're here to talk about <laughs> learning education with the Academy. So should we jump straight in? Absolutely. Absolutely. That would really annoy Anakin Skywalker, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's not his favorite. To the show. point of killing? Yeah, probably. Mm. <laughs> probably. Yeah, let's get into this discussion about this episode of Umbrella Academy. Um, this show was created for television by Steve Blackman and Jeremy Slater. Uh, was based on the comic book series by Jared Way and Gabriel Ba. <gasps> the director for this episode is Jeff King, his first Umbrella Academy episode, but he will be directing the finale of this season. Uh huh. Nice. Mm, yes. I wonder if that's telling him somehow. Mm-hmm. It might be something uh, looping back to this episode, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, maybe not. The teleplay for this episode was written by Lauren Otero. Interestingly, Lauren wrote an episode of MODOK, the adult animated Marvel oh, show. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I loved that. Yeah, me too. It was too. Patton Oswalt. It was fantastic. It was zany. Mm-hmm. It was just good fun. It was. And it got canned. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, we got one season and that's it. But we did hear confirmation that Modoc will return in uh, live action coming up in, uh, I think it's Ant- in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania that he's coming up in. Yeah, apparently, mm. apparently. Yeah. Not fully 100%, Not confirmed. 1000% confirmed, but one of those... Everyone knows it, and it's been said to people, and but they have not put the words out. Yes, Modoc. There was a big smile on uh, on, Feig, on Kevin Feige's face, uh, as far as I remember, when when he was asked about it. So that'll be interesting. Anyway, uh, not written by Lauren Otero. Uh, this episode of Umbrella Academy is written by her. Um, John, do you want to give us the synopsis for this episode? 
Sure. In 2014, Pogo leaves the employment of Reginald Hargreaves after a disagreement over the Sparrow's training. As he departs from the Sparrow Academy, he hands Marcus the pills to sedate Reginald and protect the team. In the present, after an exhausting night, Lila and Diego have misplaced Stanley. A trail of Slim Jims takes them both through a secret tunnel in the White Buffalo Suite, which leads to an abandoned alternate version of the Hotel Obsidian, called Hotel Oblivion. Mm. At the Sparrow Academy, Ben asks Luther to join the Sparrows, and Klaus tries to bond with his father, asking why Reggie in the original timeline killed him repeatedly. To figure it out, Reginald, who is fascinated, fascinated with Klaus, decides to experiment by electrocuting Klaus to death. After tracking Pogo to his caravan home, he tells Five that the symbols in the tattoo were connected to Reginald's obsession with a dangerous idea called Project Oblivion. Mm. Meanwhile, back at Hotel Oblivion, Lila admits to Diego that Stan is not their son, but is the son of her friend Trudy, and she is just babysitting for a week. (laughs) But despite the shock of her bombshell, they still can't find Stanley. To try and get some help, Diego rings the reception bell, only to unleash a monster that attacks Leela and Diego in the alternate hotel, cutting off two of Diego's fingers. They escape back through the tunnel and manage to lock the monster out of Hotel Obsidian, just as Stanley returns back to the White Buffalo Suite and is then unceremoniously consumed by the Kugelblitz in front of Leela and Diego. Oh, God. At the deserted former drive through cinema, Harlan and Victor manage to succeed in transferring Harlan's powers back to Victor. But while Victor is exhausted and resting... Harlan lets slip to Allison that he killed the Umbrella's mothers, thinking that she already knew. With this new information, Allison delivers him to the Sparrows. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Well, you're probably going to be dead. Well, yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> this episode spun everything on its head for this season. Oh, yeah. Everything yep. we thought was going on. Um, I, I came out of this episode afterwards and went, you did it again, Umbrella Academy. You had me thinking that Reginald is all right, that his kids were the ones that were <laughs> drugging him and they were taking advantage of him. And then it turns out he is an evil bastard again. He's still exactly the same kind of guy that we've seen in the other seasons. Uh, so, yes, I really like the fact that they were able to twist it on me. And, of course the even bigger twist that there is no child um, of <laughs> Lila and Diego. The reason why Lila looks so well, even though she's been gone for 12 years, is because she hasn't been gone for 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this show really likes to twist it, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, it certainly does. It. So should we get into our spoiler-filled discussion of mm-hmm. this episode? Yes. Absolutely. I'm going to kick us off with Pogo is back. In business, boys, tattooing (laughs) the hell out of arms, legs, belly buttons, faces, necks, you name it. Um, But you don't tattoo kids. No, not not kids. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I really like this. It's it's also funny that we obviously still have the exact same... voice from uh from pogo it's still the exact same upper class british accent <laughs> and now it suits him even less as a ta- as a tattoo artist um who's also a simian yeah and i do love how he doesn't tattoo kids mm-hmm. until the kid asks it really and then the kid takes off the shirt and tattoos him anyway. and then he gets tattooed yes, yes. exactly exactly i i had so much fun with this mm-hmm. 
just the flashback, the the Pogo himself. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's so much to unpack on this, this just this one part. Like, fully understand. Like, so Pogo, Pogo doing the uh, Kill Bill training montage, fun kind of. Kung Fu fighting was just great. I, I totally had the Matrix in my head for that oh, scene. Oh, yeah. no, I, I had kind of Bruce Lee kind of mm-hmm. Kung, Kung yeah. Fu, that type of thing. Yeah. I had all of that in my head. Yeah. I think it was with the Matrix bit with the squid arm and mm-hmm. you have Jamie doing the sort of the the, the lean back uh, like yeah. we saw Neo do on, on top of the skyscraper with the bullets mm-hmm. from... The Men in Black. I know that's not their names, no. but uh, I always thought they were the Men in Black. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, yeah, just yeah, the the great sparring the uh, with the the bell in the middle, uh, sort of just really, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this scene with Pogo actually, um, and and just what it kind of brought here, absolutely, and um, just certainly with the little confrontation with Reggie as well. Yeah, I, I loved having that flashback to all of the Sparrow Academy in, in younger days, all training together. I thought it was really good. I loved how it all resolved, how Jamie actually won um, what looked like an unwinnable session, and that was a teachable moment from Re- from Reggie. But he was willing to let Jamie die right then and there um, if she didn't tap out or work out how to win. Yep. Then uh, it looked like he was going to allow Ben Killer, basically. Yeah. I, I also quite like that Alfonso's face was less disfigured yes. um, back in 2014, yeah. which was a nice little touch, I yeah. thought. Yeah. 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 Derek, you talked about how they they had you like, oh my God, Hargreaves is a good guy. It's great. And then just throughout this flashback, you he's the same Reggie Hargreaves. Mm-hmm. Like, he is just 100%. And that Pogo was the one telling them to drug him and keep him sedated. Yeah. Like, it was a nice little touch to see that. Absolutely. Um, And also a really good reminder. We'd mentioned about him being an alien on our podcast earlier on, but they haven't talked about that. Uh, Here we do get it uh, called out because uh, Pogo says to him, where's your humanity, man? And he goes, what humanity? From Reginald confirming again, I'm an alien here. That's why... I treat these people the way I treat them. They will do what I want them to do. That is their job. Yeah. Yes. Um, Fascinating. 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 And then back in present day, again, just getting five and Pogo together. Like first in the, 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 in the, the biker place. Mm -hmm. uh, And then just after that. And then you get the introduction to Pogo's missus. Well, absolutely. But. Look, if you've got a show that you've got a 15-year-old and you've got a, a, a simian that speaks, stick them both on motorbikes. Sure, why not? And they have a chase <laughs> down the road. Hilarious. That was so much fun to yeah. see uh, to see that, uh, that that's the chase that's going on, both of them on motorbikes down the street. That was good, really good fun. And just blinking and getting the guy off it was the fun part. Oh, yeah. That was very cool. It was really good. And, yeah. and of course, there's this kid walking up to the... Uh, the the caravan uh, and Pogo's wife is you know get your ass off my property mm-hmm. before I call the truant officer. Of course, that was really nice, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really good to uh, have that introduction to her there as well. And then just seeing what happens with the, this act, this the, what comes from this and Project Oblivion, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, finding out more there that this is an ongoing part of it. Just the whole thing is it leads to more questions and then finalizing with. The, time continuing the way it is mm-hmm. which five gets the tattoo he must not break the timeline yeah exactly and and also with project oblivion just 
the this the second part of that tattoo that number five got from himself mm. uh, back at the commission's headquarters is this sigil um which is on the door in the um great white buffalo suite yes and uh you know there's this talk of from pogo that it actually could be magic which you know number five is a little bit skeptical of mm-hmm. because you know Despite the horror that is Reggie Hargreaves, um, the one thing that at least garnered some respect from Number Five was that he believed in science. Yes, you know, he was a man of science. Yeah, you know, like we see him with with doing on Klaus effectively later mm-hmm. on in the episode, the hypothesis testing. Yes, uh, so yeah, you know, fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, really good. And uh, yeah, I like, I like that that's, this is how they've used Pogo in this season, can bring him back to give uh, this information and, and kind of get a, an interesting idea of what happened to him in this world uh, without the uh, the umbrellas, I suppose, uh, with dealing with the sparrows. But uh, yeah, really, um, it was a, a kind of a touching moment. Even though we haven't seen Pogo, we know how important he was to the Umbrella Academy family from the, to those Hargreaves. And seeing him effectively thrown out uh, within a couple of hours by uh, by Reginald was a bit, it was sad. It came across really sad. You could see everybody yeah. was really hurt by it in the Sparrow uh, group. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think um, the other thing with with Reggie here um, is just how, you know, like you mentioned, seeing the the drugs that Pogo hands over mm-hmm. to the, the Sparrows um Ultimately, Klaus at the end, thinking he's going to that doped up Reggie who was kind of fun mm-hmm. with him. Um, but ultimately he's given him the tricks of the trade to stop taking the dope. So he's back to his uncompromising, uh, sociopathic, uh, sensibilities yeah. that, that we see here. Um, death 58 for yeah. Klaus then. Yeah. And, uh, I, I did like Reggie's, you are marvelously deranged yes. uh, as he is, you know, looking to hug, hug Klaus, uh, as he puts on the pads that will send the 240 odd volts, uh, directly through his body. Mm-hmm. You know, and just Klaus, just the way Robert Sheehan, is like, what are you doing? No. What, what, what's this? You know, <laughs> uh, like sort of leaning into the hug and then just the little, what, what are you doing? What's what, that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, yep. That was my point. Uh, Oliver Pogo and welcome back. Adam Godley to, uh, to the role as well. Good to, good to have him back there. I'm not sure whether we're going to see him for the rest of the season. He's kind of imparted his wisdom, but, uh, but good to have him back uh, for oh, this episode. Uh, who wants to go next? Who wants to give us our, the next big moment from the episode? Oh, well, I think I'll go next because it's just the great gag, I think, from mm. this episode. I I just loved it. Um, you know, I guess there may be people that take it either way that they would love Diego to have the sun. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it it's the fact that it's coming from Lila, that, that all this time of Stanley, Diego, you know, and certainly from the last episode where, you know, Diego was the one that initiated the hug, sort of being protective and, and, and comforting to his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we get here is that it's just a mate, Trudy's son, <laughs> and she's babysitting for him. So she uh. just thought she would say it was um 
her son and yeah. his son so that she could kind of let him squirm and get a bit of revenge back on him. And know? so she could kick the tires and find out how good of a parent <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I absolutely love yeah, these two together. Really and Lila is so great. I love her in this season. You forget how funny she is at times, but she has some great lines here. I love uh, <laughs> when Diego realizes this and goes, are you insane? And she goes... I was we met in a mental asylum. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, it was just yes. really good. And I think the other side of this is the fact that Diego and Lila are mm. are looking for a missing Stanley here. They've followed his, you know, his favorite meat treat uh to to that door and yeah. And they go through it then into the Hotel Oblivion, yes. which w- was cool. I loved the whole, or, you know, the, the Japanese style here, mm-hmm. uh, in the, um, the Oblivion. And, and even where Diego initially goes to ring the bell and Lila's like, no, it says don't touch, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, with the Japanese by, by the bell. I mean, I'm assuming it's Japanese, but, yeah. but I, I really like this. That's where you get the bombshell from from uh Lila about Stanley but and it, I love that it comes from a slip as well where it's Trudy's going to kill me and mm-hmm. it's like who who's this but with all of this they still go looking for Stanley they can't find it it effectively the, this 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 search results in Diego ringing this bell which unleashes some kind of I mean we said monster but it it with the axe it could be partly samurai in in Maybe. nature in some way which takes two of his fingers off and mm-hmm. I think the other part that just builds on this gag is when they get back to the the hotel obsidian and mm-hmm. into the uh, great white buffalo suite and you know they're keeping this monster out it trails off, and then you just hear Stanley uh, slurping through his straw for, uh, from his, his drink. And he's been in the Obsidian all the time on that side, just going to get snacks. And then the third layer of all of this is that earlier on, we see that huge Kugel Blitz pulse a mm-hmm. uh, real big one. I mean, the 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 noise, the sound effect that they're putting on it now is much more ramped up. Yes, you know, and it n- never returns for the whole episode. <laughs> and literally, that moment where they turn around, Stanley is safe. You've just heard that he's not Diego's son, and he gets wiped out by the the pulse returning back to the the the, the Sparrow Academy's basement. I loved this from top to bottom. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, with yeah. I guess some of my my favourite characters mm-hmm. of uh, this group, and I just thought it was genius and beautiful and hilarious. And added, you know, with the whole hotel oblivion, this with the doorway through yeah uh, you know just connected with what pogo and five were talking about yeah. so i really really enjoyed this hugely great gag it's a really really good gag i still think i'm laughing in shock at the fact that they killed <laughs> off stanley at that very moment it's just so well timed and i've loved him in the series been really really enjoying him and knowing that he has absolutely no connection to lila and to uh to diego and that he's just been playing along with this he's known obviously he's not 
uh, Diego's son. He's just been playing along with this as he's yeah. gone. And he's gone and killed Klaus as well last episode. All that stuff. He was still playing along with this idea that he was Diego's son. <laughs> and then gets wiped out. It's really sad that he's not going to be back in the show. I hope to see him again uh, either later on in the season or uh, in other shows because he's really good. I, li- I like him a lot. Yeah. Good kid. Yeah. My, my, uh, my, Thoughts of him being the son of a two superpowered individuals and his earwax being superpowered. <laughs> mm. <laughs> nah, that's that's gone, Chris. Yeah. That's all gone. <laughs> um, this, look, Lila for me is the, the highlight. She, her and Robert Sheen are just as the two actors within this series who I just gravitate towards based on the delivery of the characters. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I think it's them probably coming in with the irreverence of the writing on top of that. It's just every scene is just chewed, stolen, and but also so well delivered in a way that you're like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm down to give... I, I would actually take a Lila spin-off. Right. <laughs> like her on her own little adventures with Stanley or Diego or her and Klaus. Yeah. <laughs> like that would be just fantastic. I think as well, it's, it, it's the fact that Lila and Diego have misplaced, shall we say, Stanley because their 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 minds and bodies have, quite frankly, been on other things uh, mm-hmm. over the course of the previous evening, <laughs> and uh, and I just like the fact that it's almost like they they were about to create a happy family, <laughs> yeah. and it's completely gone uh, in the instant that. Lila says what she does, yeah, and with just the the blitzing of Stanley from the Google Pulse, absolutely. So, what do you guys think of Hotel Oblivion, alternate dimension? Yeah, well, it's no Hotel California. I'll put it that way. Um, no. Maybe it I, is because oh no, you can leave Hotel Oblivion because they just did leave yes. Hotel Oblivion, yeah. so not Hotel California. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I thought I thought this this idea of this kind of connected um, alternate world, and it's it's only the hotel that's been I don't know whether it's been recreated as part of this yeah. project, um, but it's only the hotel. We see Diego try and leave by the front doors and continually spins back in, which is always a funny gag when you do these uh, do these kind of things. But um, but it was I was getting kind of vibes of uh, of the labyrinth, um, something like that, that they're going into because there's this minotaur beast creature in there mm. that's chasing them down. It was that kind of feeling that was in there. But yeah. um, this is obviously connected to the project that uh, that Reggie was speaking about and Future Five's message about we still have oblivion. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. really intrigued by it, and it is it is a nice uh, a nice dark side to this place that they've been living in. Yeah, yeah, I I actually got. The labyrinth piece too. Right. That was what I kind of took. Like, if you think of how halls are connected in hotels mm-hmm. and the lobby, and like, basically you can't leave. It is essentially. I was getting that. I actually thought for a second once it was in, they weren't going to get back out. Yeah, yeah. It was they that see. kind of they'd be forever running. Yeah, and everyone just slowly goes in, and that's it. Exactly. I, All I'm the umbrella so academy in, lost in there. Like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I thought that oh, that cool. We're into. The next half, and the next half will be everyone just slowly going into this labyrinth. Mm-hmm. That's the next half of the story. Um, but when they got out, I was like, oh, okay. So maybe they're the, the, 
the lobby is the entrance then to go through all the halls and then there's something at the prize at the center maybe like, yeah like that's kind of thing i'm I'm interested yeah. to see where they go with this well now they have to piece together all the story don't they because everybody yes. has a little bit of it or well a couple of people have a little bits of the story here so yeah um yeah. but again we mentioned last time about about christ falling upwards i suppose um and uh being the one that reveals all of this stuff so he's the one that found the Buffalo, the white buffalo room in the first place. You know, that's yeah. uh, that was him that found it. So, and that's where um, where they find the entrance over to the the hotel oblivion. So, again, Klaus, even though he had no involvement exactly. here, is the one that's been able to find this um, connection to the hotel oblivion. And they so. only, yeah, because they only know it's a door because the harpoon that goes through him mm-hmm. gets stuck in the door, and as it's pulled out, the door opens. The door opens. Yes. See, Klaus, yeah. by falling upwards is uh, more Absolutely. important than everybody else. <laughs> Good stuff. Anything else on Stanley? Anything else on uh, on that storyline, John? Probably uh, no. nothing else on Stanley, but anything else on the storyline? <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, for just. me, I just really enjoyed this um, self-congratulatory gag that mm-hmm. has been done here with this. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I was like, fur juice. Great in the writing, great yeah. in the execution. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Really good, really good. How about yourself, Chris? What's your big moment for the episode? I'm going to take the, the remainder. I'm going to take uh, the Victor power-up mm. and the uh, Harlan's body mm. um, as my point. Um, so really happy to see... Well, hold on. Let me jump to the end and we'll go back to Victor and Harlan, right? So Harlan is delivered dead. Yes. It's like shot in the head. I didn't even notice a bullet hole. Yeah. I noticed his eyes were open. That's what was telling me that he was uh he was dead. But it took it took me the the second viewing. I think the first time I was like, Oh, Allison's just thrown him in the boot and brought him over. The trunk for our American listeners and brought him over to to fulfill because it's so quickly shown, um, but didn't realize it was a body the first time. Yeah, that Harland is dead. Second time we watched it, I was going, okay, hang on a second. Yeah, has you just rumored him to stay in that position for a while or something? But uh, bullet hole seems pretty. Yeah, definitive. and there was blood. I saw the blood. Um, the second time uh, that we watched it, but I, I didn't notice the bullet hole either. Mm. So. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but yeah. he looked pretty dead as a dodo. Torn up. <laughs> yeah. And the reason I wanted to bring this up as the first part of my topic or my kind of point is that um, we, in the last episode, we discussed the continued downfall of Alison. Yes. Uh, like she, her character is getting closer and closer and closer to being a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like, and this, I again. This is the part, like, she learns that Harlan is the reason for her mother's death. Yeah. In this universe. So not technically her mother, but her mother, like, depending on, like, her multi, her alternate universe mother, alternate timeline mother, excuse me. Yeah. And she then kills him and delivers him to the Sparrows. As part of the, the their request, yeah, uh, for the for bring me the head of kind of thing. You you're absolutely right. It's the it's that her mother doesn't exist in this universe, which means Allison doesn't exist in this universe, which means yes. her daughter doesn't exist in this universe. So that's it's the full timeline yeah. that he's created by killing her mother in this timeline. 
um, yeah. is, is effectively what she's so angry yeah. about. But uh, I also like that Luther has joined the Sparrow Academy, is wearing his Sparrow Academy outfit because he's definitely one for the merch. Um, but he's what he's the one that is there when she delivers the body. He's the one that sees what's happened with Allison as well. So, and Reginald back to absolutely full Reginald quality there as well in his, with his uh, perfectly manicured mustache. Well, that's um, it. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the thing with Allison was that I just, I like the fact that she goes into the Sparrow Academy because mm-hmm. she could have just dropped him off and then gone back to the hotel obsidian, but yeah. she does go in, uh, mm-hmm. I guess joining them. Yeah. Uh, but seeing Luther, there's just this scoff yeah. of, of disdain seeing him yeah. uh, in in the sparrow outfit. Mm-hmm. Tweet tweet. Yeah, which is red leather rather than a bird costume. Of yes. course, yes. <laughs> yeah, her going into the the sparrow for me is the she's she, she's her loyalty has changed. She's changed side now. She's gone. The sparrow was the antagonist. She, Allison now is an antagonist. Mm. She has taken that leap if you will, or uh, taking flight mm-hmm. into the Spyro Academy. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. We'll see where that goes. Will she say bad? Is she the big bad now? Yeah. Is she going to rumor everyone? Um, we Time will tell. Yeah. Um, stepping back to ha- what Harlan being depowered, we see Victor and Harlan like, discuss the, 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 the power. And get it. Basically, the reason he is what he is, which we knew is that part of Victor, part of the, the power, the, the, the particles, the, the, the fireflies Mm -hmm. from him is in him. Yeah. That is it. So like Victor, the needs that Victor needs to take back that part of him. Yeah. Part of his power. Um, and seeing this huge, interesting kind of, give and take give me your like find the home of the universe mm-hmm. or the people or the power you know, i was a bit like there's a special sound to the power i was like okay kind of see what you're giving me and telling me that like they listen to like certain frequencies and there's a oh the, there's a frequency for their firefly power mm. and that he has that victor has to kind of zone in on that and then pull it out yes. kind of but that's Visually stunning, looked great. Kind of was like science is a bit <laughs> iffy on this one. I don't think the science of superpowers, Chris. <laughs> there should be. There should be. There certainly should. There certainly should. Uh, yeah, but we also kind of learn, and we, we've we've seen it quite a bit from the first time we saw Harlan in the show that um, it's been it, it's in his mind constantly this humming, yeah. and that's what he's trying to block out yeah. by listening to the to the. Uh, various sounds that he's been putting in his ears to try and stop this. So this whole task, really, that Victor's going through is because it was his fault that Harlan has been in this position and has been uh, being driven insane, really, since 1989 when this sound came back into the world. It's been going through his head ever since. So, So that's why he's taking it back. That's why Victor needs to take the power back out of... Harlan because um it's ruined his life completely. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It was a really f- fabulous scene though. I loved that one, particularly with Alison sitting away. Um she's having those conversations with Ray again, uh, like she did last episode where she's uh, has this figment of her imagination, you know, telling her things are gonna be better. And behind her 
the sky is darkening as uh, as Harlan and Victor are trying to swap the power effectively. I think it's, it was a really cool image. And then as she runs in and sees the two of them flying in the air with their uh, different colored powers around them, it's a really cool image. Yeah, yeah. Really, really cool. absolutely. And I, I think, you know, like what you were saying, Chris, in, in the last episode about whether she would become more of an antagonist or, you know, there's mm-hmm. this potential for redemption, at least until that point where she snaps because of what Harlan tells her. Yeah. You know, she has kept him safe. She has kept it from the others. Mm-hmm. She actually, you know, intervenes because she sees the energy resonating that's hurting Victor uh, to yeah. try and get um, Harlan to stop. U- ultimately kind of told just to clear off. And yeah, you have the, this, uh, you know, the great moment on the swings where, as you say, the sky darkens mm-hmm. and so on. And you see it all swirling around yeah. uh, as they're, sort of floating in air, but uh, it, I just thought it was really nice. I just liked how it moved from that really intimate moment with her and Ray on mm-hmm. the swings and her going through this stuff yeah. uh, with him to then effectively, you know, seeing what's happened, but then snapping again because yeah. of, um, because of Harlan's information and what he's done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Good point, Chris. Anything else on the, on the point that you want to talk about? I think that's it from my side. Any other notes or things that we haven't discussed for the episode? I just have one note for from my side, which is I did love that in the Hotel Oblivion, uh, the buffalo painting had the rear end of the buffalo that's sticking out into the room. <laughs> uh, so, again, maybe a little bit of a hint as to, um, you know, being um, sort of two sides of the same thing yes, um, yes, yes. yes. in this case the buffalo i just thought it was a funny gag but i did I I, it's a funny <laughs> gag as well um, yeah. so i really like that and just like the reaction of leela and diego to seeing you know this ass of a buffalo sticking out of the painting frame yeah yeah good good fun moment another fun moment was uh was Faye's reaction to um to the new relationship between uh, between Luther and uh, and Sloane, where they think they're being all quiet and uh, and keeping it under <laughs> yeah, exactly. under uh, under wraps, and Faye's kind of going, "I share a wall with your bedroom. I know exactly what's going on." <laughs> but that was really good before uh, him becoming a member of the Sparrow Academy. So now uh, they're evening up the numbers really on the number of members of the Sparrow Academy and the number of members of the Umbrella Academy, right? We're getting, getting yeah. closer to even Just numbers, bit, now, yeah. I think. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, overall, John, how would you rate this episode? I would give this four and a half false paternity tests out of five. <laughs> um, yes, uh, really just loved this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it, it was just, it was fun. It had the drama of Harlan, Allison, and Victor. Mm-hmm. It had the intrigue of Oblivion. It had Pogo. Um, yeah, I, I just really, really enjoyed this. I think mean, all the elements that makes Umbrella Academy uh, just so good. So, yeah. yeah, four and a half false paternity tests out of five. Excellent. Chris, any thoughts on, on the episode? Final thoughts? Loved it. I'm interested to see where the final kind of half of this season is going. Mm. Um, I really didn't expect to introduce kind of like the alternate, the alternate hotel. Like, I didn't know what Project Oblivion or yeah. Oblivion was going to be. Yeah. And then seeing Obsidian and 
the hotel, and it's it's a, it's a, it's an inverse almost if you want to think yeah. that, but i.e. from the rump of the bison. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm very intrigued to see where we go with this, mm-hmm. and then I've talked about Allison a few times now. I think it's because I, I I saw so much potential for good and humanity in the character yeah. over the last couple of seasons, and just seeing her break. Yeah, it's it, it sounds terrible. It's fun to see the character break well, yeah. because I'm interested to see where the, they're taking the character. Yeah. So overall, absolutely love this. Excellent. It's the bubbles of her. It's her humanity kind of draining out of her. Yeah. In a sense, yeah. Exactly. It, it's really well portrayed. Yeah. Uh, here. Yeah. What about yourself, Derek? And for me, this is this is my favorite episode of the season, but it can't be the episode it is without the other. Uh, five episodes beforehand. Yeah. It's it's the fact that it flips everything that we thought we knew yeah, on its head exactly. and messes with all of the expectations I had for the season. So uh, I think this is a really, really good episode. With great performances, really good writing, uh, some cool moments, uh, but it wouldn't have been the best episode of the season without the other episodes on before. So uh, great job. Everybody want to go for a drink in the Obsidian Lounge? Oh, yeah, I'm a bit Not parched. if that's Samurai's there. That would be the Oblivion Lounge, Chris, where you oh, get sorry, obliterated. Sorry. Okay. Good. Um, okay, yes. So, yes, let's go to the... But let's, there's sushi. Let's, let's stay in the Obsidian Lounge. Yes. Uh, and exactly. still get obliterated, but with tequila. Yes. Exactly. Good stuff. Good stuff. What's the sixth question in our Obsidian Lounge pub quiz, John? Yeah, fellow quizzers, fellow brollies, question six... What is Stanley's favorite snack combination or last meal? That's terrible, John. A terrible way to say it. Well, Goodbye, Stanley. Yeah. R.I.P. Stanley. Uh, gone, but not forgotten. Definitely not. Definitely not. John, what? Do you want to give the question one more time? What is Stanley's favorite snack combination or last meal? Good stuff. Uh, email that in to us along with the answers to all the rest of the questions that we'll be giving out throughout our coverage of Umbrella Academy. You can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and you could be in with a chance of getting your hands on some Umbrella Academy goodies at the end of the season. Nice. Should we get some feedback, gentlemen? I think we should. Absolutely. Yes, we got some feedback in from Dr. Bob Phillips uh, for this episode. He says, this was harsh. They killed Stan, stripped Diego, fatherhood and a couple of digits drew the fairy sprinkles from Harlan before dressing him in a blanket and popping him in a boot and ended up giving Pogo a trailer in a forest, not the library he deserved. At least we know Sloane's being treated well by lovely Luther. <laughs> yes, they were very cute, actually. They were, yes. They are. Yes. Yes. I do like the line from Luther where he's saying that the family is only connected by shared trauma and uh, to, to Sloane. I thought that was a good way to connect them. And he's saying now she's more important than the family or as important as the family. So that's yes. really good. But... In in truth, which family is not connected by drama? That is the <laughs> in real life. Absolutely. Um, thank <laughs> you so much, Dr. Bob, for that. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Bob. Absolutely. Thanks, Dr. Bob. We got some voicemails in after our episode five uh, podcast on Umbrella Academy from Brandy Elise Anderson. I sent in two voicemails. I'll play the first one now. Hello. I just wanted to touch on something that was mentioned in episode four for Umbrella Academy. And that was that we don't know um, where the yellow lights came from. Are they the source of the power and um, those kind of things? But we actually do know. Um, We see in the finale for season one, Reginald opens up that container and releases all those glowing yellow balls. Um, And then the next thing we know, he is on Earth in some, I think, unspecified time. Um, Then in season two, when... Victor saves Harlan, we see those 
balls transfer into Harlan during the mouth-to-mouth, and next thing you know, he's got powers like Victor's powers. Um, and in the opening of season three, we actually see those yellow balls go into the girl on the train, and then she becomes instantly pregnant and goes into labor, which, by the way, is a horrible thing to do to somebody. And <laughs> unexpectedly. And so we know that Reginald is the reason that these 47 women became pregnant. And we know that those balls are the thing that made them pregnant and also and somehow gave them powers. Now, why he did it, that part's still up in the air, but the rest is already known. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Brandy. Um, I'll jump in here very quickly. I think the, the the reason we were saying this was that in season one, that that the scene you're leading to when he's kind of with his wife, that seems to be another planet, mm-hmm. uh, or based on that we know he's an alien now. Um, it seemed that he released the fireflies, the balls of light, on another planet. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the piece that we were like, oh, okay, well, how do they get from that planet to Earth? Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's just kind of because we see the ships taking off to escape whatever's happening with that planet as his wife dies. Um, So I think that's where I was kind of more alluding to on that, kind of like we were not 100% because, like, did they slowly travel across the universe to get to, or did he actually, and maybe it was just it's, um, kind of shorthand and they just forgot to put another scene in where he's on Earth and he opens another box of fireflies to see if that helps there. Yeah, um, maybe. I, I, I think I, from from my point of view, I think it's just because we've never really had that that actually made clear what was Reggie doing when he released that. Was he choosing specific women around the world to become pregnant uh, with these powered uh, yeah. uh, children? Um that's all it was, but yeah, really good points, uh, Brandy. That's that yeah. definitely where uh, elements of that in the past. I think we even talked about them on this podcast. Uh, we may have just forgotten about them <laughs> back on, on uh, our three or four podcast, but uh, but definitely there are there are bits that we were that you can piece together. But I'd love if there was a flashback episode of Reggie explaining why he did what he did or why his planet did what they did or something like that. That's the thing. It's almost as though Reggie is the most mysterious at yeah, this stage. Uh, you know. Few little um, sort of windows into his previous life mm-hmm. on another planet, an alien, but nonetheless, um, yeah, they just it'd be good to have them coalesce together and yeah. um, to just really kind of explain it uh, more fully. But uh, yeah. yeah, thanks so much, Brandy. Absolutely, yeah. And um, Brandy sent another voicemail into us uh, as well. Here's the second voicemail for Brandy. I have to disagree that through some personal connection with Victor, Harlan reached out to all the Umbrella Academy siblings specifically. I just don't think the show supports that theory, because if that was the case, Ben would also not exist in this universe. Yes, he had already passed on before Victor and Harlan met, but the connection would have already been there for Victor, and therefore that chain reaction would have included him if that was the case. Also, 27 women died that day, uh, not 17. Um, And the Umbrella Academy not only had no connection with them, they did not even know about them. They only knew of the eight, the seven siblings and uh, Lila. And they'd only known about Lila for a few days. Um, 
So I just really think it's more likely that Harlan's powers either exhausted themselves before he killed all 43 women or he was able to finally get a handle on them, like he said he was trying to, and kind of reeled them in. Uh, but he had already, unfortunately, killed 27 women. I think that that's a much more likely theory um, for it than that there was some kind of personal connection for people he did not know uh, that affected so many others. Um, Thanks, Bradley. Yeah, stupidly, I even I, I didn't notice it when I was doing the edit. I, for some reason, said 17 mothers were dead. I knew it was 27. It was written in my notes, and I, I'd obviously seen the episode multiple times. So I knew it was more mothers than there were members of the Umbrella Academy, 100%. I was just trying to think about the logic of where it spread from. Harlan says that the minute the light entered the world, he reached out. So I was going, oh, okay, well, he must have connected instantly with Victor's mother first, and then that spread out around. But you're absolutely right, Chad. Obviously, there's way more than uh, more mothers that died that day than uh, than mothers of the Umbrella Academy. So, of course, it couldn't be just those connections. And you're right, it isn't. Uh, uh, ben is still alive. But the only thing that was rationalizing that in my head was um, because uh, Ben didn't exist. So Harlan wouldn't have known. Ben, that was the only reason I was I was saying it, but it's just a theory. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't uh, particularly important to the story. I don't think we'll find that out uh, either as to why it spread out the way it did. In the same way that we don't know why the forty three women themselves were chosen to be uh, to be instantly pregnant, uh, we don't know that. So I was trying to rationalize it some way, but obviously it's just a theory. And that's all these are fun theories. <laughs> but thanks so much for your feedback, Brandy. And as always, yeah, just keep sending it in. Um, Always great to hear from fellow fans. Yeah, good stuff, Brandy. Thanks for thanks for the feedback. Uh, really good to get your thoughts and theories in on, on this one. Mm-hmm. We also got some feedback over on Facebook on our Facebook group from Akisha Horton, who says it was implied that Alison rumored her husband to love her, never directly stated. We know she rumored her daughter, which is what caused her husband to leave her. We are told she's struggling to balance how to use her powers. This, in my opinion, is why what happened to Luther is worse. Making him continuously pour hot coffee on his blistering hands and being able to speak out in pain just because he was racist and even burned her first does not change that that was torture. As Alison says back in season two, she made sure or the racist would think twice before he burned somewhere else unprovoked again. Uh, another quote from Alison, when she rumoured Otto to kill his, his own brother, she could have easily had them both leave. Why would she tell someone to, uh, who she believed was hired to kill her and her family to leave? Wouldn't they come back and finish the job later? Uh, keep in mind, all of the kids were trained to defend and kill. We don't know what type of moral code Reginald encouraged. It is implied that they were on the right side of the law, but we only know for sure that they were used to pursue Reginald's goals. I don't know that she has a lack of respect for others' free will or that she is grieving and making choices based in grief as opposed to what is best for all based on the outcome of the season without any spoilers. Hmm. Interesting. Thanks for no spoilers for the rest of the season there, Keisha. But yes, it does feel that Alison has a lot of difficulty as to when to use her powers or not. But I, I've, I do feel she knows she's absolutely wrong using her powers on Luther uh, in, in that moment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, agreed. I, I really do feel that in this instance she knows she's wrong and it again is just trying to show that descent into villainous descent into grieving descent into madness whatever way you want to kind of into despair Mm. yeah and uh, yeah i mean i really like the idea you know that there is an assumption though that they're on the right side of the law that primarily 
you know, certainly what we've seen, Reginald is not particularly a nice guy. And we see Pogo giving uh, the sparrows drugs to dope him. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that's sort of um, worn off, uh, that he is pursuing his experimentation of the children, but also, you know, there is the project oblivion that he was obsessing about. So, uh, and, you know, in Pogo's mind, that was Reginald. Uh, he was going to put the sparrows in harm's way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I would agree. I think there is, it's Reginald focus as to what they do. Um, and he, he's pretty objective and ice cold in terms of what he's looking to do. And I think this couples back to, you know, the balls of light and the fact he is an alien mm-hmm. and his overarching kind of story and, and a bit more of a fuller explanation. So I, yeah. I, I really like that sort of kind of nuance there, uh, Akisha. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Like he has no morality, he has no humanity. He is, yeah. he is an alien and they were all taken at birth as well. So, uh, so they may have learned some of their morals from him. Yeah, <laughs> For sure, yeah. Thanks so much, Akisha. Yeah, thanks, Akisha. Thank you so much, Akisha. And thanks to everybody for listening along with us for our coverage of Umbrella Academy. This episode of Umbrella Academy on TV Podcast Industries is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, including Jenny V. Thanks, Jenny V. Yes, thank you so much, Jenny V. Yeah, thank you, Jenny V. And of course, if you want to support us over on Patreon uh, for a regular monthly amount, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash TV Podcast Industries. Mm-hmm. Or for a one-off support, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash TVPI. And of course... Sharing the podcast is sharing the love. And so subscribing, rating us, leaving a review and supporting us uh, in that way is also uh, fantastic stuff as well. Fellow brollies. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. Thanks so much for your support. We'll be back next week with two more episodes of Umbrella Academy. We'll be talking about season three, episode seven of Free Design and episode eight, Wedding at the End of the World. Nice. We will also be covering another show over on Netflix as well, and that is Neil Gaiman's The Sandman, Episode 1. I hope you're watching that one. Yes, and hopefully you don't have sand where we have sand from covering all of The Sandman. I'm going to just make sand puns and jokes throughout the whole thing. I promise I'll edit all of those out, fellow (laughs) (laughs) academic. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Yes, thank you so much, and we'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, thank you so much, fellow Brollies, for joining us for this episode of Umbrella Academy. Uh, We will be back next time, of course, but until then, keep watching, keep listening, and keep being fascinated. Fascinated. Bye. 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 Bye.